0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meanwhile, the Knicks again. They've shown how tough they can be when whole, and they just need to get some very important pieces back.
1: Haitian Ferg. No Randall, no OG, case closed. Not rocket science, y'all. We need to we need to fire to be firing on all cylinders to beat Boston. Unfair to analyze games like this this logistically. You could have told us that 45 minutes ago, Haitian. Hey, we just spent all
2: this time analyzing the game. Uh I think this is a very rational perspective on how to view this game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think I mean we were kind of Analyzing the game, but also talking about it within the bigger picture of projecting and looking forward and what can we take away and bite sized things that might play into different situations in the playoff rotation situation. So I totally agree with this Haitian furry. Like it's you're not going to beat this Boston team like undermanned without two of your three best player, like just, just doesn't make any sense. Like you're not going to beat this Boston team missing two of your three best players. Um, Even if we had OG, it'd be tough enough as it is. So yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I don't have too much to add to it.
1: So two things. One, I quite literally opened with like not actually analyzing the game. It was just yeah. like, Oh yeah. OG and Obi's out here. So I think we both had that same thought Haitian. And second of all, is anybody concerned about Alec Burks. So I just want to pull up a stretch that is what made me think that he's the guy to trade for. So from December 28th, now I'll go, now it's because it was the day of the, it was the day of the Randall, it was the day of the OG for RJ trade that I thought of this. Okay. So from the day of the trade until, until, okay, until he ended up leaving Sacramento, he shot 47% from three on six attempts. That's a 19 game sample. That's the guy the Knicks traded for. He was absolutely balling and averaging yep. like 17 a game for the Pistons. Now like in those 19 games I'm pretty sure the Pistons were like 4 and 15, so these were on <laughs> losing teams, but like he was like mostly taking advantage of backups. That I think is what the Knicks thought they were trading for is a guy that could take advantage of backups and potentially and when he's in the right spot, I think he can take advantage of backups. So that would be any fear that that guy that that they traded for the guy they currently have i want to wait and to see if that guy shows up that 19 game sample
2: shows up yeah yeah and i and i think he's it's more likely to show up when he's in his right role um you know alec burks has been bottom 10th percentile in the nba and finishing at the rim the last one two three four (laughs) five years (laughs) consecutively (laughs) so uh and he's been awesome top 75 percentile in three-point shooting the last five years so he needs to be doing more of what he does best and less of what he's literally one of the worst players in the league. I finishing at the rim for like 39%, which is completely dreadful, like F- Fred Van Vliet level at this point. So he should not be the one attacking the rim and trying to get there and all that stuff, just spot up. And I think that's what he'll end up doing.
1: I gotta be honest. I think we saw a little bit of it against Philly, but there was a lineup that the Knicks went to. I forget who the other three were. I'm pretty sure it was precious Hart, and Brunson, but they were like, Precious was like navigating the dunker spot, but he was also in the pick and roll. And you just saw consistently Devo and Bogdanovich were just running to the corners. And like, that's where we'll be. Hart will kind of roam and be like a free safety on offense. And like the the pick and roll was like, all right, if you're going to play drop, Brunson's got an easy floater, right? If you're going to like actually attack it and play aggressive, he can either hit. Uh, Precious on the bounce or I've got two guys on the wing that shoot 40 plus from three. So those are the possessions I think with Randall, when you've got a much stronger, like a battering ram going downhill in the pick and roll with Hartenstein. That th- that's the situation that I imagine with Burks on the floor as well. Like maybe he's roaming in the Josh Hart roll, or he's opposite OG Ananobi or Bogdanovich. Like that's the where, how creative we can get when people are healthy, which is why I'm not ready to completely throw in the towel on the Alex Burke experience yet. Admittedly, it's been bad. I agree that. (laughs) I'm just saying my imagination has run wild with the potential here, and I want to at least give it a chance before I officially rule it a dud. Uh, Thank you, Haitian, for the contribution. Danny Gardner. Tough L, and I hate Boston, but they seem to be the modern-day 70s Knicks unselfish, skilled shooters everywhere. Credit to them. What do you think about that comp?
2: Wow. That's a... I mean, that's a big comp. Um... I definitely, I would say better shooters, but obviously it's a different game, and and the shooters are different, better overall. Number
1: of shots, different, <laughs> literally point totals for different, shots. Yeah, yeah.
2: dramatically yeah. different. But I, I do, I do think they're pretty unselfish, which is so interesting. I remember there was a lot of talk about like Tatum and Brown wanting to have the show, and Marcus Smart needing to like yell at them and be like, y'all need to share the ball more, more willingly, and they actually seem to do it. Like Tatum, I think took five shots in the first half because Brown was cooking, and they were kind of getting to their spots and getting what they wanted anyway so Tatum's like why would I force it I'm just gonna lay back and and, and use my gravity to help my teammates out um, and I think they kind of do that. A lot, and they seem to all have really good relationships. I think it helps a ton when you have guys like Derek White, Drew Holiday, and Al Horford as like three of your main guys. Like the some of the like from all reports and all reporting and all of our understanding of players' personalities in the NBA, those are like three of the best guys in the league. Like it, yeah. it, it really super mature, super professional. Like it makes makes sense that they be able to be this unselfish and play this way. Um, And the talent just fits all together so well, like everybody's super skilled. Like you're saying, Danny, everybody can shoot, everybody can pass like they all have really deep, deep skill sets and they're willing if they're willing to use it, you know, to enhance the effectiveness of the team instead of just themselves that's why they have one of the best offenses we've ever seen. That's why they have one of the best net ratings we've ever seen. That's why their defense works together on such a string. Like it's, it's, it's truly a a machine uh, that they have over there. And I fucking hate Boston. I just want to be clear. I know I'm giving them (laughs) a lot of props. I hate Boston. I don't feel this way about Miami. I don't feel this way about Indiana. Like they're like, whatever to me, I don't like them. I hate Boston. I don't, I don't effort Boston at all, but this team is, is great. This team is great.
1: This is an unnecessary correction. I want to acknowledge that off the front. It's not just one of the best net ratings. It's literally, this could potentially be the best net rating of all time. It's an <laughs> yeah, unnecessary fair. correction. It's, no, no, it's,
2: it's necessary. the same I vein. I yeah. just
1: need everybody to realize we lost <laughs> by 14 to currently the best net rating of all time at the moment. That's how, like Danny, to your point, yeah, this might be as good as those 70s Knicks. They also might be one of the best teams of all time come when it's all said and done. And it's why I, I thought I, uh, my pregame show uh, guest, Jack, who does a good job covering the Celtics for Celtics blog. I thought he nailed it. When I asked him like the five teams he's most afraid of in the East, the number one team the Celtics should be afraid of is the Celtics. Like they, they lose when they're not hitting their shots, when they're not executing when they are, they're pretty unbeatable. And 45 and 12 speaks to that. Um, and it I gotta be honest. The Celtics hate the Boston hate has worn off on me a little
2: bit, a little bit, a little, a what, little. What little. did you just say to me, Andrew? I know, I know who I'm talking to. Recognized. You just said, can you repeat what you just said? Because I'm not sure if I heard you. Like I might have okay. an issue in my head. I thought you said like you're you're cool with Boston or some shit like that. I'm not cool know. with
1: Boston. <laughs> I'm just very much like. Like I never hated the Red Sox. It's because you're
2: a Mets fan, man. Just just keep it real. It's because you're a Mets fan. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. I was a Yankees fan before I was a Knicks fan. And no, fuck Boston. I don't care. I'm going to feel that way forever. Uh, I'm not rooting for any of them. I'm not rooting for their fans to be happy. I want no one in Boston to be happy. I I, I want them to have a dreary, overcast day every day of their lives. I don't want them to be sad and miserable, but I don't want them to be happy. I just want them to be neutral bystanders walking through life. And I don't want any sports happiness for them like sorry no fuck Boston that's how I feel uh, point blank period so you might have
1: reignited it because you reminded me the element of hating that is fun and is the important part of sports hating is that it's less about like I hate that team or those players I don't want like Simmons and Rossillo and KOC and Portnoy and all of the no. Boston media that exists out there to be happy I don't no. need Boston fans to be happy no. And they would th- they would want the same for us. They don't want Yankee <laughs> fans to be happy. They don't want Jets fans to be happy. My point was more like, you know what? The Rangers are kind of the best team in hockey at the moment. The Bruins don't even factor in that conversation. The Patriots just like, don't matter anymore because Brady's retired and Belichick has um, selectively been retired by the NFL. Uh, and like the Knicks and Celtics maybe will develop a rivalry, but... Like I've, I don't have a ton of Nick Celtics moments in the playoffs that I go back to. It's like three series. Like the, there's other teams like the Heat that I more go to for for sports hate. Um, but I would be okay if a lot of the Boston people I just mentioned are not happy. So yes, fuck Boston and you know the horse they rode it on. Do you uh, want Andrew? Do you want Dana White to be
2: happy? Do you want Oh no, no Tom no, Brady no. to be happy? Do you want? Okay, uh, you got uh, Ben Affleck to be happy. Like I don't want See, any now of these people I to be happy. Uh, I love Ben Affleck. I love McNamee.
1: That was a bad poll. Yeah, that that was, was a bad, bad poll.
2: Pull. I'm sorry. Yeah, you got
1: you got go to go stick to the sports. Like you
2: ben want Affleck. David Ortiz to be happy? Well, you probably like David Ortiz too. He's my hero. All right, he, just forget he, it. He gave me getting, the whatever, chance dude. to bring up the three, the fact <laughs> that the Yankees. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, forget it. Why did I even bring this up?
1: uh thank you for the contribution.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Sam Garcia, we can hang with these boys at full health. I co sign. Now, I will say, I'm not picking the Knicks to win that. I'm not saying we would beat Boston in a seven game series. I think this is a correctly worded tweet. We can hang with those boys in at full health. What what say you, XJ? I,
2: I like the precision of the the phrasing. We can hang with these boys, and I think that that's true. I think at full health, we can take Boston to six or seven games. I believe that. So I would totally say that's hanging with them. I would definitely pick pick Boston in the matchup with the Knicks at full health, but hang with them. I think is is right. I like again precise phrasing, which I appreciate. So I, I like it.
1: I wouldn't. I would be shocked if the Celtics didn't win that series in like seven. Absolutely, think the Knicks could win that series. That's that. That's as far as I will go in that stretch. This is how high I thought that team ceiling looked like in January. You know,
2: when you say could win, I mean yes. I, I won't give them a zero percent chance of winning this series. What what percentage chance would you say at this stage?
1: I'm very high on that January version of this team. I think it would be like, like 60 40. Like, whoa. I'm that high on this. The. Whoa. Actually, the two games they lost in January <laughs> were a Dallas game where they just kind of fucked around for three quarters and they yeah. lost because of a rebound at the end of the game. And then the game against Orlando that you hosted the post game for, yeah. where they were up late and just ran out of guys, wanted to make shots. They missed a ton of free throws, three free throws, yeah, and lost. Because of a rebound at the end of the game, like they're two rebounds away from a seventeen and stretch after Ananobi got to the team. Like yeah, that's fair. That's why I'm I'm really high on that version of the team. Will can they replicate it against Boston? We'll see. I just I think, I think you just have so many weapons to throw at what the Celtics do. It's why the OG part of, the OG of it all just Mensa nailed it in our chat. He's a skeleton key. He makes every single weakness that you look at. He's like, oh yeah, but OG will fix that.
2: Yeah, that's true. It it is true. Um, I do not feel as confident as you do. I'm probably, and that's fair. The shooting variance (laughs) that the Celtics can provide speaks right up to like what not
1: not to like pigeonhole you, but like I know that's what you look at for like that's dominant. Therefore, I think that leads to winning,
2: and it's been proven a lot. And and it's over seven a seven game series, like a five game series. I would be able to move to more towards your position, but over seven games, I think the true best team is going to probably win more than more than not. And I think some of the shooting variance evens out over a seven game stretch. And I think that boss is going to take a ton of threes and they're going to make a ton of threes and they're going to be able to score down the stretch of games and their defense. I think their defense is just underrated at this point. We talk a lot. I mean, Part of the reason why they're having this historic net rating is not just because they have a great offense; they have an amazing defense, and they have amazing defensive players. And their bench—it's not good, uh, you know—deep into their bench, but those guys are not going to play very much. You're just going to see their best players all the time. So I—I I don't know. It's—it's I, it's tough. I, I would probably give the Knicks a thirty percent chance to win that series. Oh, we're not
1: that far off. Then I give them forty. You
2: know? Oh, I thought you said the Knicks would win 60 40. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I, you were saying. Let oh, me be oh, okay. Okay. That's here. fine. That's let fine. Let me be
1: clear. Like, I'm, I would be shocked at the end of this season. Let's uh, see. That's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. I am fully expecting the Celtics to be hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy. They would be my pick to win the title right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. To Stam's point, I think the Knicks might be their biggest threat in the conference. Like, I uh, that that's my personal belief. I don't trust what my w- let me be careful how I'm saying say it. I, just say it. Just say I don't. It. Well, okay. I'm going a different direction <laughs> than what you want me to say. Oh, I don't it. trust Milwaukee <laughs> oh, in a seven okay. game series because uh-huh. of the Doc Rivers
2: and the Dame Lillard of it all. Sure.
1: Cleveland is a Cleveland. fascinating conversation
2: because Cleveland, I think the, Cleveland's just as tough a matchup for them as New York is. Can I be
1: honest? The version we saw for Two months, I trust more than the one that's now fully healthy. Oh yes, I'm on board with because that. Because, like, <laughs> the, you want to talk about your question, your hypothetical? Would you rather have Darius Garland or just clone Donovan Mitchell twice, <laughs> and they can't play together? Well, yeah. I was just like, you break my brain on this podcast. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think Cleveland could give them as good a run. I'm at the point, and this is, this is how I am with the playoffs. I need to see you do it, like win a playoff series before I consider you for a conference finals contender. You sure, know? sure. Um, Philly, there are injury concerns. And I know the Knicks do have injury concerns, but I, I just have never seen Embiid play four healthy series <laughs> in a row. So I'm going to wait again until he does it for me to actually be like, you're a threat to beat a team that might win 65 games. And this is where the Knicks come in that the healthy version of this team went 15 and two. You know, and actually was like 12-2 because the last three games, OG and Randall were out of that stretch. Mm-hmm. So that's where I go with that, that the Knicks hypothetical of the the healthy version of the the fully realized version of that team could beat Boston or could hang with Boston with depth yeah. and you know defense and has the offensive firepower that can hang with them, the defensive firepower that can hang with them. I think Tibbs. I don't know if it's necessarily a huge edge over Missoula because I think Missoula has actually become a pretty damn good coach in his own right. I don't know if it's an
2: edge. I,
1: I like Missoula I, might, a lot, man. Well, so I like Missoula
2: too. Yeah. There
1: is just flat out the experience of this is his second playoff sure, ever. Sure. You know, and the guy is younger than me. Yeah. So sure. like, there's there's <laughs> that element of it that I have to at least acknowledge. Tibbs has the experience. It may mean, not be great experience, but. You've been there. You've gone through the wars of the playoffs before. So
2: I like that he's training his yeah. team to be able to execute different schemes on the fly to right. just like switch things up and be like, hey, we're going to the zone now. Hey, we're going to this press now. Hey, we're switching now. Hey, we're getting out of switching and we're playing this drop now. Like he can just, hey, we're going to put Drew Holiday on Joel Embiid and, and then double team him and then rotate and recover. Like these guys are just preparing all season for the playoffs, essentially, I feel like at this point, and I think that they're going to be so ready. I agree with you. You know, they haven't, I do think playoff experience for a coach is probably even more important to me than Mm -hmm. for a player. Um, But I think that they're kind of preparing themselves for the playoffs with this ability to switch things up on the fly. So I think that's going to be a real advantage to them.
1: Yeah. And again, I want to acknowledge like it's in the conference. I think from a talent standpoint, the Knicks would be the team I'd say, give the Celtics the best test. The actual team they should be afraid of is Miami. But oh, no.
2: Come on. Come on. XJ,
1: they are come. 31 and 25 and have the second easiest schedule remaining. Gosh. There's a path for them to go 50 and 32 and be the like the five seed. No chance. No chance. Actually, I'm just saying my fears. I'm not saying it has, no, has a chance or no chance. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you want to know what a Boston fan's afraid of?
2: A 1-5 of uh, like, oh, Miami's playing us in the second round. I hope they feel that way because if I was a Boston fan, I'd be laughing at Miami. I'd be like, bring me, bring me Eric Spolster and the crew, please. I, I bring them over. That's fine. I'm not worried about them at all. I hope they play them. It'd be great. I, I, I want nothing more than the Heat to go away forever. <laughs> they have not gone away yet. Forever
1: is my only point. Okay. I I want to I want to join you guys in the in that circle. <laughs> I, I I something's not letting me walk through the door for some reason. So we'll see how the playoffs go. Jessica, thank you for the contribution. LOL at Fournier Land as shorthanded for bench. Specifically, Fournier Land is veteran gets pulled from rotation to get sent to bench. It's not like it's not Deuce exactly. It's not just like Deuce getting benched, and we'll see you next game. It's like, all right, you had a good season or good <laughs> career with the Knicks. That's Fournier <laughs> land, okay?
2: <laughs> you had a good career, buddy. You'll never see that the court again unless you go to Detroit. We don't care what your contract <laughs> is. We don't care what your resume is. We don't care what you've done in the past. We don't care, we don't care if you were down to an eight-man rotation. If we have eight healthy players, we don't care. We
1: was six-man rotation because RJ got his hand chopped off. You're not playing anymore. Like That's Fournier <laughs> land, okay? Uh, so, banished. Th- yes. Thank you, Jessica. I'm glad Thanks, you appreciated Jessica. that. Yeah. Uh, busy, thank you for the contribution, man. Good to hear from you. GMAC, Brunson can have tunnel vision where there is no second option on the team. Randall goes tunnel vision with Brunson standing right next to him, wide open. I believe you're referring to Mikael Bridges in some of his possessions when he has teammates that are wide open um, <laughs> nice. on the on the on the struggling not in the play in Brooklyn Nets because that's how good your team is if Mikael Bridges is your best player. Busy. Um, I that's on behalf of Sean. Just that I like Mikael Bridges. <laughs> I really do. I just like, I like <laughs> at, at at Busy. Um, that wasn't the point I was making. I get frustrated at Randall's tunnel vision too. I just like. I thought Brunson played really bad on Thursday. It was like very reminiscent of a bad Randall game. And like, nobody came at it with the point of like Brunson has to be better. It's like, eh, ah, get a bad game. We love him. He can do no wrong. It's like, (laughs) I actually did a lot of wrong in that game against Philly. What are you talking about? So that was all my point was busy.
2: Yeah. And and it's a good point. I, I, I I agree with it to mostly to a most extent, but I, I would say that Brunson's probably built up enough credibility. It's not just that we like love Brunson because he's has. like. A, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it's just
1: funny. Just be yeah. like, oh, he <laughs> <laughs> can literally do no wrong. This is why you need to perform in the playoffs, Julius. So this, I'm telling you, he has. If he's the reason they get like, say they play the second round and it's one four, right? And he's like, he averages thirty for a series against Boston, and they upset the Celtics. I. Julius is made forever forever. They don't even have to win that that conference finals. They just have to get back. He needs to be the reason they win a playoff series and he's good forever.
2: It's probably true. And I agree with you, but I, I would say about Julius, I am not able to figure him out. And just the same way I wasn't able to figure RJ out when he plays where he has his court awareness and he's able to like make passes, see double teams coming. It's like, half the time he's playing with his eyes kind of closed and then the other half they're wide open. And when they're wide open, it's like, holy shit, Julius is amazing. He's always making the right play. He makes skip passes at the right Mm -hmm. time. Like it's amazing. You can't double him. You bring the double. It's like death. It's like you bring the double at your own peril. Like, you know, but, and then other times it's like, well, you can just have, Kristaps Porzingis, a a white seven foot three guy, sneak up on him from the baseline and just like take the ball away. It's like, what? why? How are you the same person? Like, it, mm-hmm. so I I think that that's to me that's like such a frustrating aspect of Julius Randle. It's not that he's always like that. It's just like when he does it, it's like, why? What is happening? I can't uh, understand it. Like, and I break that down from a
1: somewhat psychological standpoint. Like the Julius turnovers are mostly like in double teams that he doesn't see coming, right? Yeah, we see them coming, but like to be clear he doesn't see them coming. So <laughs> from his perspective, Oh, I'm by myself. I, I just have one guy to back there. But he's got to oh, know. He's got to know. Like, <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that double keep coming. And the rest like of a, us are like, how did you not see that double team coming that I saw from my couch on my television?
2: Well, you it's know. like if you're a quarterback and you don't see the blitz coming or you don't see somebody coming from your blind side, it's like, you have to see it. Sorry. Like if you're not able to, that's a weakness of you in the position. Like you've mm-hmm. got to be able to see it coming. You know, like that's, it, it's validation. Be upset about it. I think I watched about 40 games of Zach Wilson
1: in my life. (laughs) 40 games too many, (laughs) no pocket presence whatsoever. (laughs) I think Julius, specifically after the OG injury, got like five percent better, is what I'll say, at navigating the double teams like, literally five percent better. So, that's where I'm not saying it's not like still a, a concern of mine, but um, I think given the proper spacing and the proper people around him, I think that those problems become less so to your point about the Porzingis aspect of it all is like it's, it's why a Boston matchup is actually really fascinating too. And how they attack Julius while also trying to attack Brunson. I hope we get that series. Like that's where I am as a, as a takeaway from this game, like a New York Boston conference final for be awesome teams. That'd be awesome. So thank you. Busy as always, you know, I'm just like screwing around with you. Um, we hope you're having a good weekend and I apologize that you had to endorse some baseball talk tonight. <laughs> uh, two more from Steve peoples. I believe, Oh, here we go. I believe Alec Burks won't be in a playoff rotation more because of deuces continued positive play, but we'll try to be patient right now with Burks and bogey. I thought that was going a whole different direction, Steve, and You made that so positive and rational and patient. And I appreciate that. I what do you think about Deuce and his recent positive play? I was shocked that the closing lineup against Philly was what it was and like he went back to it twice in this game. So is that a do you believe that's like
2: a an added trust
1: in Deuce potentially?
2: Ah, uh, it's so hard to say with Deuce. I'm really not sure. I don't have a good feel for how the coaching staff feels about him and his minutes. It's just a little confusing to me. I, 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 at some point I felt like one of the reasons they were okay with moving Grimes is because their trust induced, like increased so much. And they're just like, ah, you know, it's obviously he's not Grimes. He's not the defender of at the level that Grimes is at, but he can do some Grimes things. He can hit open threes. You know, he can do a little bit off the bounce, attacking closeouts, and he can defend point of attack, uh small, quick shifty guards. And I think he does all of those things really well. And he's, Done them well consistently. He's still shooting forty percent from three, <laughs> um, and it's you know this is a pretty large sample size. So I and now he's he's adding stuff off the bounce. He hit a couple of pull ups tonight. One mid range, one from three. I remember. Um, so I, I I trust Deuce. I don't know how they feel about him. I don't think that they're gonna bench Burks for Deuce. But if it happened it would probably be a bad thing because that means that Burks is playing really poorly. He's playing like <laughs> this and I, I don't really want to see it, but if it did happen, I wouldn't, it, I don't think it'd be the worst thing. I like Deuce and I, I, I do trust him to hit shots now um, and be able to play tough defense against point of attack guards. I mean, to your,
1: to any credence of your point here, Steven, like you want to talk about who's been better on the Knicks over the last five games. It's been Deuce McBride by a, by a landslide. Um, You know, I, I think that some of that again is situational. Like I do want to see what this looks like when Deuce is no longer, um, when Deuce isn't the backup. Well, I guess he would always be the backup point guard. I just like the funny thing about the three guard lineup is that's how I foresee the best usage of Deuce being It's playing off of Jalen Brunson. And if you're going small, he's a, he's e- easier to switch and, um, potentially able to, uh, Brunson can, can you. could I mean, I'd rather have DiVincenzo in that role to be completely honest. And it's why the, the irony of like, I'd rather have Deuce on the floor, but I, but if Ananobi's back, then I don't like Deuce goes, can go away and it's fine. Um, I guess my, my, the point I'm going to is the, the version of the second unit we saw right before the OG and Randall injuries. Like that Brooklyn game stands out where they were starting to figure it out as a crew that, that, uh, Precious and Hart and I know Grimes is on the floor, but um, uh, and, Anobi and Deuce lineup like they were starting to. I know the offense was like zeroth percentile, but those three games we saw like oh like you, you're now at the twelfth percentile. Like they were they were adding they were starting to figure some stuff out. You know, um, I I personally don't think Deuce can run an offense. I think he can be a complimentary piece in a really. Okay, offense, while also adding really good defense. While he's on the floor, do you That's
2: think he'll never was. be able to? Um, do you think it's just not in his skill set, not something he's going to develop? He's always going to be this, kind of a off-ball guard.
1: I haven't seen it in the pros yet. Uh, there's there's very much like the elevated version, or like what we thought Frank Nilakina was going to be. You know, like yeah, I think Deuce can be what the Frank Hive thought Frank was. You know.
2: Yeah, Sorry. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I, I, I kind of agree. I don't really see it. I think his handle is too shaky. Um, I don't trust his handle and his decision making is not always the best and he's not the crispest passer. So... Yeah, I, I I could imagine him working more on the skills that he's already good at and uh, which are kind of like off ball guard small wing skills. So I, I, th- I think that's probably what he'll be. Um, yeah. But there's a ton of value to it in terms of if he can get his defensive impact up to the level that I think that we believe that he can be at. Um, I think there's a ton of value to being that kind of that kind of three and D player who can still handle the ball a little bit and get to some spots and and help the other, you know, his teammates perform well as well. So
1: agreed. Uh, Alex with another one. Uh, Celtics have Jeff Van Gundy on their payroll. Seems to have the formula to stop whatever Tibbs wants to run. Knicks need a top three seed to avoid them in round two. Man, if that's what undo- undoes the Knicks season. We didn't even factor that in. Jeff Van Gundy, who hasn't been in, in hasn't been in, like, the Knicks season. Coaching staff, or a,
2: or a Tibbs' <laughs> coaching staff, for that matter, since the mid two thousands. Yeah, uh, I don't think Tibbs' uh, scheme is it, a defensive st- scheme is that complicated. Um, they're he takes they're, away something, is what yeah. He, he's very
1: yeah. much like you're not. You might be able to beat me. You're not going to be able to beat me at this, which yeah. is why I think anybody worried about Burks and Bogey are like they allow you to get that the mm-hmm. thing that Tibbs loves to mm-hmm. take away. So. He's going to always default to like, well, you're not going to, I'm, I'm backed into a corner. You're not going to take, you're not going to get to the rim.
2: And yeah, that would imply I'm not going to have these two guys on the court. And and a lot of, a lot of teams play that way. It's not even just like Tibbs is the only guy that plays this Mm -hmm. way. Like a lot of teams play this way. Golden state plays this way. And the golden state just also happens to have Draymond green. Like if you give Tibbs Draymond green. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of his communication, his ability to make sure guys are in the right spots, like making up for other people's mistakes, things that quickly used to do on the perimeter. Draymond green does that from, you know, under the basket in terms of rim protection, he's always in the right spot and, and just makes everything run really well. So um yeah, a lot of teams play that way. I don't think that the Knicks are doing something. I mean, you know, obviously I def- defer to Benji and, and and DJ on something like this, but I don't think they're doing anything like unique or special schematically. It's just like run this this textbook defense and just do it really well. Um we'll give up some stuff, but we won't give up the most valuable stuff. Like that's kind of what they go for.
1: Next up again is Haitian Ferg. Uh Julius Randle returning makes both Burks and Bogey better. That's a some alliteration there, Haitian. Thank you for that. Uh, I'd pause on the Burks criticism for now. Burks is better spotting up rather than creating. Julius Randle fixes that. Yeah, I I we, we talked about this and I co signed this completely, Haitian.
2: Yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah, Haitian. This just is, you know. Now I feel validated. We validated other people's concerns, and now mm-hmm. Haitian, you validated us because this is exactly what we were saying as well. It's just we need to right size Alec Burks' role. He's not the same guy as you mentioned, AC. He's not the same guy that he was a couple years ago, even. Um, and he he never really was able to kind of get to the rim and finish, and he definitely can't do that now. So I, I think he has to have his his role right sized in a spot up role. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna excel. I believe that unless he just also forgets how to shoot, which I don't think he will. So I agree with this, obviously.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to
1: wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDSE.
1: So we have one more comment and it might be the comment of the night. Okay.
2: My- <laughs> I'm so
1: excited. <laughs> so Alex with one last one. Agreed OG will truly fix many woes. Uh, Though, as a fellow Jets fan, and obviously talking to me, I already have too much PTSD from hearing people say, Rodgers will fix everything, (laughs) and then a scared emoji. Um, So here's what I will say, Alex. The comp here isn't fully applicable because, A, the people running the Knicks are significantly more competent than the people running the Jets. Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season. That season was over. Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, Isaiah Hartenstein, Boyan Bogdanovich, Dante DiVincenzo went down. And the Knicks were still competitive playing basketball games during the regular season. They turned Precious Sichua into a guy that two nights ago, everybody was wondering if we could re-sign him too. When Miami and Toronto said, oh, you're going to love the Precious Sichua experience. It's going to be hilarious and yet we're now wondering if he's a rotation piece. What they've turned Deuce McBride into. Mitchell Robinson went down after being an offensive rebound machine, and all we got was Isaiah Hartenstein leading the league in defensive EPM. So um, I would trust the people that are in charge here more than the people that were in charge of our football team this year (laughs) that may not be fit to run a football team. Uh, And the other thing I will add, is that while I respect the career of Aaron Rodgers in his prime, um, that was a 40-year-old quarterback um, playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in the NBA, in the, NBA, in the NFL. And uh, when he went down, quite literally, it fixed... I mean, I was curious to see what a good quarterback would do to fix the team. Um, I also thought that when he went down, um, the glaring issues of what that team would have been Showed throughout the season that we were thinking Super Bowl. And that was like a nine and seven, it's nine and seven, 10 and seven, like nine and eight team at best, even with Rodgers. So uh, I think what we're more seeing, and, and this is the actual answer for you. Remember January. The Jets don't have yeah. a version of that. Yeah. The, the Jets don't have like, they weren't six and oh, and then Rodgers towards Achilles, you know? Like, We have a sample size with OG Ananobi where the Knicks look like the most dominant team in the NBA. Yeah. Lean on that for (laughs) for your (laughs) anxieties. And I I can't express this enough. It takes a special kind of ass to be what the Jets were (laughs) this year. where you are the number one defense in the league. And you stick with Zach Wilson for 18 weeks. When Joe Flacco was in your building and sat sitting on the couch and you're like, well, we can't go to him. We want to see what this Zach Wilson thing works out. And guess what? Joe Flacco just got signed to a team and they won 12 games. Okay. I'm going to go on a complete rant if we don't stop. So, XJ, take the mic.
2: No, I I appreciate that. I, 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 I. Tim I'm, Boyle started games
1: for me, XJ. We lost to the Falcons 12 to 7. 12. 19 12 points 7. were scored it's, that game. It's like a baseball score. I was score. stuck watching Tim Boyle. Right. Like the Falcons hit a three run home run and one, <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I had a two run single in the night. That's what happened.
2: Yeah, that's rough. I, I, I don't, I was trying to decide, like, if do I want to say the thing I want to say, which would definitely encourage your rant to keep going or do I want to, uh-huh. the thing I wanted to say was, I know you were saying that the jets have this incompetent, you know, front office and it, who were the people who, who had the 2022 draft? Because those yeah. people knew what they were doing. Those people drafted sauce Garner, Garrett Wilson and Brees Holmes. I mean, Brees Holmes, Brees Hall, Brees all Hall. in the same draft. They did, and Jeremiah Jackson. Don't forget all four. And Jeremiah, yeah,
1: exactly. They had a really good first four picks. We are judging the full <laughs> thing. So listen, if you want if you wanted to go to like one specific part of like, they should be good draft scouts. Is what they are. They're really good draft scouts. And you know what? They probably could create a good defense if you just needed a defense. Yeah, they hired Aaron Rodgers to be their offense, like not just their quarterback, their offensive coordinator, their their captain. No, just you be the offense. Like, well, we'll, we'll watch the defensive side <laughs> of the ball. You just... Well, so what place you we run? Eh, you got it, Aaron. You're good. You're good. Well, what, what system? Like, what teammates should I have? Well, who do you want? Randall Cobb? Yeah, sure. yeah Randall what's Cobb is the answer. What's, what's the number three wide receiver you had? Uh, I'm already blanking on his name, but he was awful this year.
2: Anyway. Yeah, I... The answer to this for me, Alex, it really is the, the last thing that GMAC said is that we have seen it, right? Like, that's the big difference. We've seen it it wasn't a huge sample size. It was a reasonable enough sample size for me to say OG fixes a lot. Um, we, we have that evidence already. And so we're not just kind of like speculating and being like, well, if we get OG back, like theoretically, like he fits in this way. It's like, no, we know what OG does when he, when he's in there, we know hey how much he limits the weaknesses of his teammates on the defensive end. We know his spot up shooting is going to be real from the corners. Like that's, we know that that's true. And so, because of that, I feel very confident about OG coming back fixing many of the issues. I understand the PTSD thing, you know, being uh, a Knicks fan really is where my PTSD comes from because I don't have much Yankees PTSD, thankfully, besides the very few things that GMAC likes to rub in my face. Um, but other than that, no, I, I, I totally understand. But at the same time, I just think that we've seen it. And I think that we know what OG brings. And I think that we've also, we also know what Harnstein brings. So I, I don't think it's all just on OG coming back. I, I can't under overstate this enough. I do think Isaiah Harnstein is not healthy. And I do think we see a huge difference with a healthy Isaiah Harnstein, who was, in my opinion, the top defensive player of the year candidate besides, you know, Maybe Wemby now taking over that throne, and and probably Gobert is going to get it. But I think I think Harnstein was squarely in that conversation, and probably was at the top at his full maximum capacity. And then you have OG, who was also playing like a defensive player of the year candidate. I just think like we know what that is. Like I I don't think it's speculation at all. So I, I feel very confident in it.
1: Yeah. Um, only counterpoint I have for you is. I had a front row seat to your dolphins PTSD this year.
2: Damn, I, I, you know what? It's not PTSD because I block it out of my memory completely. It is like it is full ignorance. Like it just, I like, just forget you, about. Just, I forget it happens. Yeah, yep. yeah. With yep. the dolphins, I like. Pre- and you know, I do that. I've done this in, in some of our chats. I was just, I'll just i just be like, no, they suck. They're terrible. My expectations are on the floor. And then they perform that way. And I just go, well, that's what I expected. So, yeah,
1: they, they scored whatever. 100 points in a football game. And XJ was like, no, they're they're bad. They're bad. They're bad at <laughs> and I'm joking. Like, I'm exaggerating when I say 100 only by 30 points. Yeah, it's close. 70 <laughs> points in a football game. <laughs> and XJ close. was like, eh, it's week four. They're probably not that good. They're going to lose at the end of the season. And lo and behold, Falcons lost the division the way you you thought they were. That was a... That's an unbelievable even, like, way to lose the division. I like, offered it's... my condolences the night of that Dolphins-Bills game, and it wasn't even received with, like, thanks. Yeah, that was a tough loss. It's like, no, what are you talking about? It's exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> it's like fully realized PTSD where you've reached acceptance. It's like, oh, anything that can go wrong will go wrong, Yeah, it's where I probably should be. With my teams at this point, and yet let Aaron Rodgers have one good throw and hard knock <laughs> this year, and I'll be like, "All right, so we have to organize the KFS schedule in February around a Super Bowl parade." Uh, just letting you hilarious. know, it will be off for a couple <laughs> days around the round President's Week. So it, it can't um, hurt
2: you. It can't hurt you if you already know it's true. Like if you already accept it, it can't hurt you. So that's where I'm at. I don't feel the pain from it. I'm just like, yeah, this is what I expect. So you get your hopes up. That's how you get your soul crushed. That's the lesson of the day. <laughs> I envy you so much you don't you really don't you that's really the don't. terrible that we're telling you get
1: your hopes up you get your soul crushed yes. I'm glad you came to this therapy session here at Nick's Film School uh, we do this after every game <laughs> Glad, uh, he, since, glad to be here for you guys. <laughs> sincerely, thank you, XJ, for, for joining me. It's always good to chat with you. First time we've ever done a post game. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I had a blast doing it. A lot it of as fun. Well. Um, remember, everybody, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes. If you're listening, obviously, head over to iTunes, drop a five star rating and a review. Um, if you're watching, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. Really helps us out in the long, ter- long term. Um, we will have our regularly scheduled Monday morning John and Jeremy pod, which comes out. Like I said, Monday morning, uh, as well as a pregame pod previewing the game against the Pistons. I'm not sure if they're in study hall on Sunday, but if they are, you know what to do. Follow Nick's film school on Twitter and pay attention because Sean and potentially Mensa and potentially Chris will be going live to, to field all of your calls and your concerns. I'm sure there will be thoughts about Alec Burks when that that show takes place. Uh, actually, is there anything you'd
2: like to plug before you get out of here? Uh, nothing I like to plug. I mean, I, yeah, happy to do the post game filling in for John. Uh, super happy that he's gone to celebrate, you know, Mrs. Macri's birthday. Happy birthday. And, um, I'm just, I'm just happy to be here with you, Andrew. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, you can catch me at, oh, there you go. He was prepared as always per usual. Happy birthday, Mrs. Macri. Um, Yeah, you can catch me on, you know, Knicks Film School when we do some casual Fridays. Obviously, it's hard to fit those in because the Knicks play every freaking Thursday, which makes no sense. Like, they never played on Thursday last year. Now they play every Thursday. Um, But yeah, you can also catch me on Hot Hand Theory podcast that I do is a a podcast that I do with my buddy Jeff or Frank Barrett on Twitter. And uh, yeah, this is... Oh, the last thing I want to say, Quinn Grimes in his debut for the Pistons tonight. Uh, in 26 minutes, two of eight, five points, four assists, you know, two steals, one block, solid, solid, solid performance. One of five from three. Didn't shoot the ball well, but seems like he made an impact in other ways. Um, so we have that redemption. We have that Quentin Grimes redemption game on Monday, and uh, I'll be excited to tune into the post game for that. You didn't read the actual standout stat line from the Pistons
1: bench. Evan Fournier in 19 minutes for the Pistons tonight. I didn't even see that. 13 points, three rebounds, one assist, uh, five of seven from the field, two of three from three. Wow. Yeah, only a minus two in the Pistons three-point loss. (laughs) That could have been bogey tonight, and we would have been fine. (laughs) You know, or or Burks for that matter, would have been fine. Um, So. Yes, that's, that's a good way to end it, to point out. The, the next game, the next play, will be a Fournier and a Grimes redemption game or a revenge game going into it. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back, and specifically, Mr. Macri will be back on the post game on uh, Monday nights. We appreciate you, you checking it out, and uh, we'll see you next time.